So we're switching gears completely for this conversation. The EFF is calling for tougher laws in dealing with gender-based violence, amongst them being that uh, sexual crime crisis, cases rather should be made Schedule 5 offences. Let me welcome onto the show this morning Veronica Mente. She's the EFF national chairperson. Ms. Mente, good morning to you. Good morning, Kathy, and thank you very much for having us. Thank you so much for making time for this conversation. Let me also welcome onto the platform Lebo Ramafoko. She is a chief executive of Tikano Atlantic Fellowship Health Equity South Africa and gender expert. Uh, Says Lebo, good morning to you. Good morning, Kathy, and good morning to the other guests. Sure. Thank you so much for making time for this conversation as well. Um, Ms. Mente, let me perhaps begin with you and give you an opportunity to really <coughs> articulate the position of your party on this matter. What are you really calling for here? Okay. Um, to give context to this, I think I need to frame it in such a manner that people will understand where we come from. Um, The structure of justice and the structure of the SAPS in its current form does not have a relationship with each other. That's number one. How so? If you call for the GBV line and you are fortunate enough to be successful, you are dependent on the SAPS to come and rescue you. So what then becomes the SAPS action? It, your situation is dependent on the availability of the resources of that particular SAPS. So if you are in an SAPS area which has very few police, very few resources and cars, likelihood is that when you report around about 12 midnight, the first police then to be available to attend to you will be more like five o'clock, six o'clock the following morning. That's the first thing. And when you get to the police stage, when the police get to you, they have to take you to the police station. Or if they are not going to take you to the police station, they will call the police station to find an available counselor. Those police stations that are still fortunate enough to have kept the councillors that are aligned to police station. When that particular person arrives at the victim's place, they must still call a standby uh, FCS person. FCS is a sexual offences unit, is a family violence, child, child protection, and a family, um, I mean, the sexual offences unit of the SAPS. That person, again, is subject to availability. If that person is attending to another victim, you are yet to spend another three, four hours waiting for that standby detective of the FCS to come and assist you to take you to the doctor, to take you to the tutuzela and any other required um, mechanism to deal with that particular incident of that time. Now, our position to say there must first be a separate unit that attends mainly to GBV is informed by that. You can see how I have now outlined the sequence of events. Sorry, this is just so that I understand. This is a separate unit in the SAPS. The FCS is an SAPS unit. 
But the way it is uh, characterized or defined in the SAPS is defined as if it's a separate unit because the structure of it is not within each and every police station. So when you walk into a police station today to open a rape or a sexual offense crime, your case is going to be referred to an FCS. And that FCS person must come to take the case and take the victim, then start to roll out all the other processes that should be done to that particular uh, for that particular victim to go to the doctor for analysis and examination, all those things, to take you for counseling and also ensure that you are safe back home or you are booked to a shelter. That's a separate unit from a police station. It's not in the police station. It is clustered. So you will find that in Joburg, if you have 100 police stations, you will have like three sexual offenses units. They are clustered. They will take like 30 police stations each, and they are responsible for 30 police stations. And they do not have human resource equivalent to the population around them. That's the number one issue that we have. So what then becomes the justice responsibility when it comes to this? Number one, if the perpetrator was not identified at the time and be arrested immediately, then the whole situation becomes a subject of further investigation, DNA analysis, and all those things. Then we have a health department that does, that does not have a functional uh, forensic and science unit to analyze the DNA testing. Then when it comes to justice, it's not the police station you went to that goes there. It's the FCS unit to go and uh, convince the prosecutor that there is a case and the prosecutor can start prosecuting whoever is um, responsible for the crime. But then they cast a doubt because, number one, you'll find that the evidence that was being collected over a span of eight hours is somehow contaminated because if you have to sit for eight hours with the death of a person who had raped you, perhaps 14 hours before you get hold of the police, you have an urge to take a bath because you want to rid yourself of the smell of this person. And by the time you get to the point where all these examinations and analysis are taken, the evidence is contaminated. If, if this is due to the police system that's not designed to respond to the high levels of GPV we are having in South Africa. This is the same case when there is domestic violence. It becomes much better if a person comes in and says, my boyfriend had hit me and whatnot. So it's much better because in that case, there's more, most of the time, there are witnesses that will be children or family members or neighbors and everyone else. Then it becomes much clearer for that. But when it gets to court, even when before it gets to court, the very same victim, because there are not enough shelters to accommodate a woman who has been uh, brutally assaulted with the children that are traumatized, there are not enough uh, shelters to accommodate them, to give them the proper counseling, she chooses then to go back to the house where the perpetrator lives. What then becomes a situation is that 
the very same victim will come to the police station and say, no, I think we've sorted our problems out. I'm withdrawing the case. So this is where then we say justice must have tighter laws. So it shouldn't be allowed that a victim comes to a police station and withdraw the case. The court must play a role in saying, we hear you, but we must provide you with safety. And that safety is a responsibility of the SAPS, mm-hmm. the court, the social development. So, so, so it's part of your proposal then that um, victims of gender-based violence who go and report matters before the police should automatically be given uh, the option of going into a shelter? Yes, for safety. Mm-hmm. Because the reason why they go back and the following day, Katie, you hear that that woman who was beaten yesterday is killed today. They must be provided with safety home. Mm. We deal with the perpetrator, keep the perpetrator. Justice must not open a room for a perpetrator to have bail because they come back and intimidate the same victim to such an extent that they kill them. Mm. All right. Let me give uh, Mr. Ramafoko an opportunity to to come in here. And I, I suppose just based on, on the work that, that you've done in, in the space for, for many, I was going to say many, many years, and then I thought, no, it's actually decades, for many decades, um, uh, just your reflections on the challenges that Ms. Mente has shared with us and the proposals in terms of what can the solutions to these challenges be? Thank you, Kathy. I I do agree that the justice system needs to be tightened. But I think for me, I want to start by saying, in fact, the government had um, started with the Tutuzela Care Centers. And the start would also be to say, what have we learned from the Tutuzela Care Centers? And what has been the experience of women who are... um, trying to access the Tutuzela Care Centers, their locations, and also their ability to um, help women uh, across all hours. So I am not in disagreement with what the EFF is um, proposing. And I also like the proposal of um, the tougher sentences. But I think we need to talk about where the bigger challenge is. Uh, very few women report cases. And perhaps when we tighten the laws, the cases that then, as few as they are, when they are reported, uh, will then see a conclusion favorable for women. And so you can, you can do that, but you also want to say what is the speed at which um, these cases are resolved? And secondly, what is the support that is given not only by the criminal justice system, but by the society at large. So a number of women will drop cases because of the length of time that it takes to get one case uh, concluded. And in that manner, you must remember that uh, our, uh, you know, our criminal justice system and the processes that the courts take uh, is very foreign to many women. Women have been uh, 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 brutalized by whatever incident happened to them, but then they must also navigate a system that is quite 
you know, foreign to, to, to women, you know, the, the kind of, you know, legal uh, uh, requirements, the questions that you will be asked, what will be required of them. And I think what is missing for me in this dialogue is what happens once a woman has made a case? What happens to the support that they need to be able to see this case to um, a a conclusion? What are we going to do about the corruption at the police stations, particularly when the man is well-known, when the man has a particular social standing, when the man is a, a, a police official themselves. And I'm happy that the EFF in their state, in their address, uh, spoke about, you know, um, uh, making sure that uh, we also monitor uh, 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 the police when they themselves are, 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 are perpetrators. But the support of the women who are laying these charges for me, is paramount. How are we getting paralegals mm. into the system so that once a woman has been um, has has reported a, 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 a case, they then get the support that is required to see it to 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 to, to fruition. Mm. The legal system uh, does not provide uh, uh, that for, for for women. Often, the, the the kind of help I still get even right now is for women not even understanding. What is going to happen to their case? You know, mm-hmm. they sometimes struggle to get the investigating officer. Often the investigating officer in the cases that I have dealt with, and they are very brash in giving information. It's as if you are giving this woman, doing this woman a favor. Even in the instance where there is bail and the woman wants uh, and has been harassed, sometimes not by the perpetrator. We have had women, and we have brought this to the attention of Justice Lamola, where the men would be inside, but there would be family members and other people who are harassing the woman. And when the woman goes to the investigating officer, they are seen to be troublemakers, mm. so to speak. So what is the support that we are giving women who report the case? And I'm sure even your listeners can talk about many, many cases where p- perpetrators are brazen. Sure, and I sure. think perpetrators are brazen, Kathy, because over and above what the justice system does is that there are no social consequences to abusing to abusing women. So what is it that we are changing in our society to make sure that there are social consequences? And the big measure that we have around that is how easy it is, whether you look at social media, how we can cancel women Mm. in, in various ways. And when men know that there are no social consequences. Forget the legal and the criminal justice uh, uh, system. That in our talk, including politicians, uh, in the way that we talk about women, in the way that we address journalists, in the way that we, we talk about women, if there aren't social consequences to, 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 to that, even when one perpetrator is in jail and there have been cases that we have seen, the friends and family members can continue to harass the woman who laid a charge. All right. So this is what I'm going to do. Uh, it's 10.30. I'm going to uh, go to the news headlines. When we continue then, uh, I'll give Ms. Mint an opportunity to weigh in on these additional support structures. It, it's so important, um, this idea of what is the support that women are given as they're taking cases through the criminal justice system. Duyanda, good morning to you. SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide, leading the conversation.
We continue the conversation on the talking point. We've been reflecting on the call made by the EFF for uh, tougher laws. This is specifically with dealing to dealing with rather gender-based violence on the line. Uh, the national chairperson of the party, Veronica Mente, and we're also joined by Lebo Ramafoko. She's the chief executive of Tikano Atlantic Fellowship Health Equity South Africa and a gender expert. Uh, Ms. Mente, perhaps an opportunity to you just to reflect on the uh, some of the things that were raised by uh, Auslebo in, in in her statement, especially where it comes to supporting supporting those who are going through uh, some kind of process. You know, I mean, government does sometimes does a, a good job of supporting centres like your Ikaya Letemba that would form would offer some kind of witness protection. But they're so limited in capacity that only a few would ben- would benefit from even such an intervention, uh, limited as it might be. Yeah, yes, Kessie. It, it, it is exactly in the spirit of what Lebu is saying, that we are calling for a, a complete reform of this space, but not just um, the justice system itself, because, uh, like she's saying, there would be intimidation of victims to a point where they also feel like perhaps they are wrong for doing this and they must just stay at home, abandon the case and let it be. And in that space, there should be a concerted effort with all the courts. We've been calling for sexual offences courts that are efficient, not just there on rhetoric, or being built just to delay cases. We needed to make sure, for one, that there is a, 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 a quick way of dealing with cases to put them to rest. And secondly, there is a specialized unit with uh, equipment that ensures that a victim who feels that they are not strong enough to stand in the court and be looked at by many people and those that intimidate them. There is a safety for them, and they can still narrate the incident freely, comfortable, without a fear of people looking at giving them some uh, uh, looks that suggest that when we come out of this court, we'll deal with you. And secondly, there's a lack of relationship between the stakeholders in government. So the issue of GPV does not only lie squarely on the SAPS and the justice system. There should be social development, just like you've indicated earlier of the home. But the social development we are having is not working with the SAPS. When you enter an SAPS, and you require safety. A call that is made to the social development for the provision of a safety home takes a long time, takes a a long stretch. That system should be built-in one. At a click of a button, the police station should know where the vacant flat is Mm. and refer the victim immediately, not to wait for 10, 14 hours. At times, if you visit a police station in the early hours of the morning, you will find many victims sitting there on, in their blankets and clothes. They are still waiting for referrals. People are still searching. 
the systems are not built in such a manner that they respond to the welfare of our people. And then it becomes worse to the former Bantu stands. When you go to Eastern Cape or KwaZulu-Natal, if you are in a deep rural area, chances of you getting a home are very, like, they're non-existent, little to non-existent. That is why you end up not reporting a case altogether. Because you report the case, you're going to have to come back here. Two hours later, the same perpetrator follows you. So what's the point of going to the police station? A police station that will have a centralized home mm. if you are in a Christianic district, as big as it is. Their home is found in Queenstown. How many villages are in Christianic district? Even if you are in Oar Camp, a, a home that accommodates less than 50 people is situated in Umkat. You know, one of the things that, that is, is coming up as I'm listening to you is I'm thinking resources. The one thing that we need is more resources that are given, exactly. whether to our police, whether it is to the Department of Social Development. And and unfortunately, um, that's where some of the biggest failure has, has come in, says Lebo, that uh, I'm listening to what Ms. Mente is saying and I'm thinking, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't know that we'll ever get to a point where a police station is, you know, has the kind of information and coordination, number one. And number two, where the state has the kind of capacity to provide um, the level of support that is actually needed uh, for, for, for victims of gender-based violence. Well, Kathy, we need, we need resources, but resources are driven by political will. Mm. And, and, and I think therein lies the issue. Um, you will recall that with the 2010 uh, Soccer World Cup, there were courts that could deal with matters uh, even late at night. And, and so optics for us mattered. Optics uh, in the international platform mattered. And we showed what we can do when there is a political will. When you take all the money that has been looted due to corruption, you will see that there is money in the country. And so what we are doing here is that we are saying women... Uh, you know, um, can can really be left out um, and, and poorer communities because policing in richer communities supplemented by what these richer communities can do with their own private securities are basically able to even resource and support their own uh, uh, police stations. Uh, how many times have uh, communities in townships advocated simply for the fact that there are sufficient cars at a police station. So we are not even talking about technology or anything. So for me, the issue is there is money. It is where it is allocated and it is how it is allocated and whether or not there is political will to allocate it to a crime that is so so bad that it looks like we are in a civil war. And women continuously even with the few resources that are there, feel like they are, um, you know, they are alone. So I think resources flow when there is a, a, a political will.
All right, I'm, I'm watching the clock and we've completely run out of time for this conversation. I wish we had allocated an hour for it. I can feel oh, both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can feel both of you on the phone. You're like, hi, Kathy. Uh, uh, please don't do this to us. <laughs> so so we're going to have to leave it there for today. But I promise next time we'll do a bit, a, a bit better and, and actually allocate it enough time. Um, unfortunately, you know, we've booked somebody else and I don't want to be rude to that guest. But uh, we certainly need to continue this conversation because I think some of the things that Cecil Lebo was saying in terms of um, the the centers, the Tutuzela care centers, what are the lessons that have been learned there? What can we take away that has worked, uh, that we can be building on to actually provide a better environment for those that are uh, survivors of this violence, survivors of this abuse in the country. Let me thank you both for coming on to the show today. Um, Lebo Ramafoko Rada is the Chief Executive of Tikano Atlantic Fellowship Health Equity South Africa and a gender expert. And we also heard there uh, from Veronica Mente, who is the EFF National Spokes- uh, National Chairperson. Definitely not the spokesperson, but the chairperson. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we look at the situation that is unfolding in Afghanistan. Afghanistan.